Hi, welcome back to the Tangent Talk. We are happy to have you here today. It's going to be an exciting topic. We are discussing when the masks come off. And the implications there are when we physically take our masks off and move into what we hope will be a return to some sense of normalcy. We're also going to talk about who are we after we remove the masks, right? Emotionally, mentally, physically, who will we be? Who have we become because of this pandemic? You guys know I've got a brilliant cast with us today. So before we get started, I know that this is something that we can all relate to in terms of looking at what's next for this country, this nation, due to the vaccine, and also just looking at ourselves personally, how we've been impacted. I thought it was interesting in just reading some um, news across the uh, board about the first person who actually has taken the vaccine in Britain is a man by the name of none other William Shakespeare. Pretty interesting, right? (laughs) And so as I looked at that, I couldn't help but think the topic for this could be to be or not to be vaccinated, right? We all know that to be or not to be is the famous opening phrase of a soliloquy uttered by Prince Hamlet in the nunnery scene, if you will, of the William Shakespeare play by the name of Hamlet, right? So to be vaccinated or not to be vaccinated, let's go ahead and get started with the discussion. And, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. So we're going to be respectful of everyone's views, including yours, our faithful and amazing listeners. Let us know your thoughts. So to be or not to be vaccinated, Weigh in. I'm going to go first to tee off. What are your thoughts about being or not being vaccinated? Everybody needs to be vaccinated, period. If you're able to get the vaccine and you won't have any reaction to it, you need to get it. And it's just that simple. Okay. Um, we're still doing research and determining how it may impact certain people. I know a couple of people had allergic reactions to it, but those are people who already had an issue with allergies and were already having to use EpiPens, they weren't people who suddenly became allergic to the vaccine. But anybody who can get vaccinated should be, because this is the way it's been throughout history since the first vaccine was developed back in 1796, is that this is the best way to control a viral outbreak. Received. So as we move around the uh, panel here, what are your thoughts, Darkwan, and then we'll come to Helbra because, you know, Tioff kicked things off by saying, hey, everyone should be vaccinated. And I think in this discussion, we have to talk about the subtext, which is, is the fear, right, the phobia of vaccination that exists in some of our communities, is it in fact real? Or is it imaginary? Is it irrational? So on and so forth. So that's really the subtext. But before we get there, Darquan, Helbra, talk to us. Do you agree or disagree with Tioff's opening statement around vaccinations? To be or not to be vaccinated? And I think I was going to Darquan next. Darquan? Yeah, I don't agree. Um, Not because particularly of a fear of getting the vaccine, but more so I'm not an early adopter to anything. I'm a researcher, so I I like to let other people test things out before I buy into it, especially given my situation where I work from home five days a week and some weeks I barely have any need to leave the house. So uh, and secondarily, just the method of distribution of this will not get to us 
by choice right away. So there are going to be probably millions of people who get to guinea pig this for me prior to me having to even consider whether or not I'm going to take it. So I'm going to sit back and let everybody else be the guinea pigs and test it out and see what the results of those tests are. And then I can make a informed decision as to whether or not I want to uh, get vaccinated. Understood. Understood. Continuing the discussion to be or not to be vaccinated. Talk to us, Helbra. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of feel a mixture of the two. I feel that ultimately everyone should receive the vaccine. And I also respect the fact that a lot of people don't want to be the first in the first group of, I guess to use the word, subjects to <laughs> test it. <laughs> right. So, um Guinea pigs is what is that is what Darquan called them. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I feel that you know I would definitely want to take it uh, sooner as opposed to later, just because I am a healthcare provider and I just want to ensure that I personally can't get it or give it to anyone. And you know, I never had a mistrust of medicines and knock on wood it's because i've been you know fairly healthy for all my life but uh yeah it's just one of those things where in times right now where no one has the answers and in, in the words of what kanye was asking sway no one, <laughs> i knew you were going yeah, there no one <laughs> has the answer even when people see me and my scrubs and ask me i say the only thing i can tell you is go to cdc.com Got because, you. yeah, it's just one of those things you have to step out on your own faith. As as far as the vaccine goes now, as far as being safe within this pandemic, everybody should be doing what they're supposed to be doing. But of course, a lot of people aren't. But as far as the vaccine, I think ultimately everyone should get it. But as far as how soon, that should be personally up to, you know, the individual. And I think that's a good point to really springboard from when you talk about it being up to the individual. So let's talk about answers. You heard Helbra talk about CDC having answers. Of course, one of the important things to us on this podcast is that we educate, we share our thoughts, but we also educate and provide reputable sources. So for those of you who are listening along, maybe you're working and you're listening to this podcast, type in for me COVID-19 Prevention Network. So if you Google that, we took a look at some of the frequently asked questions on that website. And we know that Dark One, for example, mentioned guinea pigs. And so one of the questions on the COVID-19 Prevention Network, and that would be if you're typing it out, coronaviruspreventionnetwork.org. Again, if you just Google COVID-19 Prevention Network, you'll arrive at this page. And so one of the questions is, is joining a COVID-19 vaccine or antibody study like being a guinea pig? And I thought the answer was quite interesting. The answer is, quote, Unlike guinea pigs, people can say yes or no. <laughs> and it's true. It goes back to Helper's point. This is a personal decision. But it goes on to say all study volunteers must go through a process called informed consent that ensures they understand all of the risks and benefits of being in a study. And those volunteers are reminded that they may leave a study at any time without losing any of its rights or benefits. So earlier I mentioned the subtext is fear in some of our communities, right, our, our black and brown communities. Is it irrational or is it in fact justified? And I wonder with some of the earlier studies, of course, the Tuskegee experiment comes to mind. 
I wonder how much of a decision those air quote volunteers had. Were they really volunteering and knowing everything so they could make an informed decision or not? Does anyone want to tackle that topic? It's my belief that the current fear of vaccines is irrational. Uh, Vaccine injuries, these statistics literally are one injury per million. And a lot of Black people who say they don't want to get the vaccine, they always reference the Tuskegee study which had absolutely nothing to do with vaccines. And the issue with the Tuskegee experiment was actually there was no informed consent. The participants were not informed that they were part of a study. And it's not that they were specifically given a vaccine or treatment to harm them. They were specifically not giving treatment to see if the syphilis that they had, how it would impact them. So from my understanding, and what happened to those subjects in the Tuskegee study is that when the treatment was available to them, it was not given to them and they had debilitating health issues through the rest of their lives, which eventually some of them were killed by their infection. And for me, as a Black person, what happened to those Black people during the Tuskegee experiment, that is all the more reason that we need to advocate for a vaccine or treatment because that's a prime example of when treatment was available to us It was not given to us. And we are the ones at higher risk of contracting and dying from COVID. So, you know, Tioff talks about advocating for us to have access. Right. And so when we think about how at a disproportionate rate, the black and brown communities have been impacted by COVID, does that at all influence or inform your decision? And we talk about it being a personal decision. Does that at all inform or influence your decision, Darquan or Heldreth? I don't think so, because I think there are other variables that impact our dying or contracting the disease at a higher rate than others, such as just a general lack of health care uh, or adequate health care or effective health care within our communities and just the impacts of our socioeconomic situation within this country. So, you know, I have great health care and I think there are many people who just don't have those resources. So when they get sick, they're dying at a disproportionate rate because they don't have the resources to address the but situation. there are people who do have the resources, who didn't have underlying conditions, who weren't over a certain age, who are still dying. People assume that because you're healthy, you're, you're not going to die from it. And plenty of healthy people have died from this virus. Yeah, I mean, that's not the statement I made. But I think in just in relation to our community specifically, dying disproportionately, I think there are many factors that impact that. Not just that we are genetically predisposed in some way to COVID-19. Well, no, no, I agree with that, but it's it's beyond like you're saying too, like the factors not having access to health care. And we are predisposed or we do have certain chronic health conditions in our community, but it's also the issue of so many black people are essential workers and can't stay home and isolate. They're working in restaurants, they're working the grocery stores, unfortunately, with people who want to be served but also don't want to wear a mask. So I think, you know, the issue goes beyond health care or predisposed health conditions is we're, we're out physically being exposed to it because of the type of jobs that a lot of us do, too. What I believe I'm hearing Darquan say, and, and, and let me know if my interpretation has fallen short, is that you see yourself, Darquan, as someone who is not impacted by those particular factors, right? You're not impacted by poverty. 
you're not impacted by poor housing conditions, and you're not impacted by challenges with accessing uh, medical care, so on and so forth. So Tioff was speaking for, for healthcare workers who aren't impacted by poverty and poor housing conditions. It would behoove you all to have the vaccine because you're serving the public. And so I was going to ask Darquan to tease out his argument a little more. But since we've got you on the line, Kelbra, and since you're on the front line, talk to us about your consideration. We won't mention where you work, mm-hmm. <laughs> of um, but talk to us about your consideration for getting the vaccine, considering you are on the front line. Well, at the hospital where I work, they have informed us that they will be receiving the vaccine within the next week or two. And for now, it will be optional for staff. Mm. Um, They gave us a survey asking us what questions or concerns do we still have about the vaccine and what department you work in. And then uh, will you be taking it? Yes or no. There have been no results of that survey yet, so it's still pretty ominous, but... Just for clarification, was it a survey that you submitted anonymously, or did you have to put in something that would <laughs> make you as a respondent identifiable? Well, they want to know, one of the questions is what department you work in. <laughs> so not not even what department you work in, but are you a nurse, are you a doctor, are you a therapist, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know what level of making it identifiable what that is, but they did ask that question. But it's still pretty ominous to me because there's no results of it other than they'll have the vaccine sometime, I guess, before the month is over and that it is optional for staff. But I believe personally with the way things are going, and and this is Atlanta for our viewers and listeners, I believe with the way things are going here, it will become mandatory for Mm -hmm. healthcare providers. Understood. Understood. Eventually. Got it. Let's talk about, I want to scratch a little bit more when we talk about the subtext, right? So looking at an article that was recently published in a magazine called The Undefeated, (laughs) love that. We talk here in this article, and again, we will post links in our social media links regarding what we're referencing here. But there's a question that was posed to someone in in medicine, and you can read more once you access this article. I don't even want to get into the person's response. This is a reputable uh, physician here in the state of Georgia. But the question I think is a good one for this panel to unpack. So the question is, with the long history of medical racism in the United States and the response to the pandemic and the huge numbers of Blacks dead, Black communities' distrust of healthcare systems and institutions feels insurmountable. How do we accomplish getting the word out about vaccines when there is this distrust? So how would you all answer the question? The answer is here in the article, and I'm happy to read that if any of the panelists say we want to hear it, but I want to hear from you all. How do we answer that question? Anyone? It sounds like we have to start with addressing racism, Mm. you know, so, which is obviously a multi-layered and complex task, but I think we have some reason to distrust what has happened to us in the past, you know, so we're going to be careful. And I also think depending on everyone's situation is different, you know, so depending on what situation you're in, obviously if you're in the medical community, you have to be healthy to help other people get and stay healthy. 
that's a different dynamic than those of us who can keep ourselves quarantined, let's say. Or I think if you have children, you might have a different perception of whether or not you need to take the vaccine. So I think right. if I had children, I would think differently possibly about taking the vaccine, although I think I would still have all the my previous perceptions of I'll wait as long as I could, you know, let other people test it out. But yeah, you know, we all have different priorities, but racism impacts a lot. Well, almost everything that we as black people do. So yeah, I think we have to start with addressing the manifestations of racism in the medical community. Received. Anyone else want to tackle that question? Yeah, I'll first start by making a statement that I made in one of our previous recordings, and that is uh, a side note. If you are a Black woman, you should make sure as much as you can that your health care providers yes. are Black women. Mm. Take yes, that. I remember that. I would agree with that, yeah. Listen to that. Heed by that. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Is that going to be on t-shirt? <laughs> what if you're Black? No, thank you for that, Helper. That's Those are wise words. Please. What if, yeah, receive. What if you're a Black man? Same, same. Okay. <laughs> However, the issues as far as healthcare goes, they're far more. My making that statement comes from much more issues impacting Black women. Okay. So that's why. Right. I that and your love for Black women. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, going back okay. to the. Except Hallie. Coming up in another episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back to the uh, question at hand, I feel it's about representation. I think. If there were more representatives of quality healthcare providers that were people mm. of color, mm. um, citizens of color would be more trustworthy of you know the healthcare system because, like, exactly. like Dr. Juan just said, racism is such a part of what makes America America that it's going to impact every single institution. Wow! Brilliant statement. Brilliant statement. So, Anyone else regarding? our participation as Black and Brown communities in this process, the volunteers for vaccines. I I, I feel in the history of this country, Black people have been the pioneers of a lot of things that resulted in the advancement of this country. And it's not a lot Black people can say we were rewarded or even compensated Mm. for that. So... Mm. Can we blame anyone that is a black person for not wanting to risk their health for this now new issue? That's mm. something we have to ask ourselves mm. as a country. Yeah, well said. So let's talk about the name of the process. It's called, guys, I kid you not, Operation Warp Speed. What does that language say and or how does it influence people's decision to say, I'm going to be vaccinated or I'm not? What does Operation Warp Speed say to you, Dark One? And could that impact people's resistance or reluctance to being vaccinated, Dark One? I think if we're talking about wording, I think it is synonymous to Operation Rush. That's what that wording says. However, I don't get stuck on the wording because I don't think that Operation Warp Speed was truly the key factor in accomplishing the creation of a vaccine. So I think that's just right-wing marketing. And um, (laughs) I'm not really paying any attention to that. Understood. What about you, Helbra? Do you think you and or any of your patients are paying attention 
to the language around the operation? No, I haven't personally. I just think when you when I think of the word warp speed, I'm thinking of Star Trek. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess just like how they would shoot the monkeys and animals in space to test and see what's out there. And those animals and monkeys died. Nobody wants to be that animal, that test subject that gives their life for nothing or even to better healthcare, especially people that like black and brown people in this country that already have less than to begin with. Mm. Tell you what, Alfred, dropping the gems. T.L.? Yeah, I thought the name in and of itself was a little odd because the first thing that came to my mind was Star Trek, but... um. <laughs> Star Trek fans out there, we, we see you. Go ahead, y'all. But I mean, I understand the need to come up with a solution and a vaccine quickly. I understand that part of it. Right. I mean, the, it, this current administration's handling of it was just completely wrong and just horrible from the outset. But we can't credit the government with the vaccine. That's all. That was all science, you know. We can't really right credit them with that but the language is to me it's, it's just i mean i don't really think much about it other than when i hear it it's, it's a little comical it, it is indeed and you you do wonder how that was formulated because on one hand you can understand wanting to give the american populace the confidence that we're coming up with a vaccine quickly but again the psychological implication right the way that lands it does leave a lot of questions like okay well as many people have said have there been steps skipped so going back to the coronavirus prevention network again a quick google search on covid-19 prevention network will land you where we are one of the questions there was can i be sure that a vaccine or antibody is safe when the development has been so rushed. And we want to, again, be very careful about what we're sharing here. And we we challenge you to go out and do your own research. But the response here to that question is, quote, it is true that the search for vaccines against COVID-19 has been happening very quickly, but we're not cutting any corners or skipping any steps. All the usual measures to ensure the safety of study participants or the general public are being followed. And speaking of the safety, that's another question. Are vaccines safe? So the answer here on the COVID-19 Prevention Network is, yes, it is true that vaccines often have side effects, but those are typically temporary, like a sore arm, low fever, muscle aches, pains, and they go away after a day or two. So I want to make sure we as a panel, regardless of which part of the debate that you are on, whether you believe in vaccination or not, specifically COVID vaccination, I'm here to tell you I had to get a flu vaccination. <laughs> so I, I, I have been vaccinated, at least for that. We want you just to be educated, right? And so maybe Sway doesn't have all the answers, <laughs> but the internet certainly does. Shout out to Sway. If you ever want to be on the Tangent Talk, we'd love to have you, brother. <laughs> but please do your research, right? And so to be or not to be vaccinated, that is the question that you, my friends, have to answer. So my dear panel, as we move now into personal sharing about how this pandemic has impacted our well-being, 
or even us physically, what do we want to leave the audience with? And again, one of the things I appreciate about this phenomenal cast is the authenticity from which we speak. So we're going to do a round robin. I'll even jump in there and share. So when the masks come off, who are you really before, right? So I was thinking about it from a place of dating, like maybe dating in 2021 will be different because we've had this time as we shelter in place uh, to really be with ourselves more than we ever have been. You know, a lot of the busyness that I used to have in my schedule was cut out tremendously because of restrictions. And so I thought about it from a dating perspective, but I also thought about it from just looking at myself in the mirror when the masks come off, who am I really? Because of this time that we've had to spend at home with families, for those of us who live alone with ourselves, what is it for you all? What do you think this entire period, 2020, has taught you? When the masks come off, how will you measure your mental health? How will you measure things that you have accomplished or have had time to be with during this time? So anyone, it's up for anyone to, to chime in on this. When the masks come off, talk to me. I think I'm changed forever. Yeah. Wow. Forever. forever. I have, as you may know, I have always been a bit of a prepper and a rather careful person in terms of bottles of water stored. I had N95 masks before this happened, stashed in the drawer. I'm prepared for the worst, backup plans and all those sort of things. So this, though, is stunning the impact it could have globally and how it's Mm. changed our lives. I do think that probably many of us have psychological impacts to as a result of COVID-19. It, it changes the way we think. It changes the way we interact. As much as I think it is cool to run around in masks all the time, <laughs> I could have never imagined that this would really happen. You know, it's like we all get to be right. in disguise. It's crazy. So there's a whole mm. different concept of seeing people, understanding people, Something that people would have ducked and hid from if I ran Mm -hmm. up in the store. Like almost every time I put my mask on, I feel like I am getting ready to go rob a bank or something when I put it on. And that used to be such a scary thing in the past, but now it's commonplace for people to walk around like that. So I think our minds have changed. Our world has changed. And just like with 9-11, transportation has changed forever. So, yeah, I don't I don't think I'm going to think about interacting with people in the same way as I did before this. Right. For sure. Absolutely. Tiaf? As far as the impact it's had on my emotional health, like I know that this can't be forever. And, you know, I would like to get back to the real world more than anything to start working on some goals that I would like to accomplish because I was preparing to do that. And then the pandemic happened. It's like, OK, it's been a setback. So that's been kind of you know, a bit disheartening or depressing for me. But I think the biggest part that's been the most difficult for me is that Americans have really shown how inconsiderate we are and don't really care about other people. Just this whole debate around wearing a mask with a deadly disease going around and because you don't want to be uncomfortable just for a few minutes to put a, a piece of cloth over your face because freedom, it's just that type of behavior is just so bizarre to me, and I don't understand it. I'm just astounded about how selfish people are around this. And, you know, the patriotism that Americans claim to have, it's fake. The only mm. patriotism that we have is when we're blowing up, our military is blowing up brown people in foreign countries. But when it comes to looking out for each other, we're literally, this is wartime right now. 
Wow. I hear you. But the enemy is invisible and not a brown Muslim. People are not taking it seriously. Tea off. <laughs> we're gonna have to get into that conversation another episode. It's getting heavy in here, but receive, receive tea off when the masks come off. So I will uh, I'll share about how it's impacted me. You know, much like what Darquan and Tioff shared, you know, definitely agree with some of the uh, commentary. I know I am like much like what Tioff shared. I'm I'm an introvert as well. I think I I think I'm an ambivert. <laughs> I learned that term recently. So I'm 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 both, right? I'm a mixture of both. But for me, I do not mind being home so long as I have my internet, my puppy son, shout out to uh, my puppy son. So long as I have food, <laughs> easy access to food, I'm, I'm okay. But I will tell you that, yeah, there's been an impact in terms of like when I want to do things that I used to enjoy, like going to a concert. I miss my concerts, my live concerts, going to the movies. I'm a movie junkie. It's like, oh, wow, this is not yeah, things have changed. And I get it. A couple of buddies of mine in DC, they've been going to the movies. I'm like, wow, you guys are brave. So I know some of the theaters are open. I'm just not comfortable yet. Some of those theaters were kind of grimy before oh, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I want to go there now. But you know, those are some of the things I miss. But overall, I, I'm also looked at this, you know, time, the restrictions and the time at home. It's almost like being in a summer camp. I remember wanting to be at summer camp because I got to be with my friends. But it was also a time for me to not have to worry about homework or any distractions in terms of home life and just to be totally focused on whatever we were doing at camp. And I think at camp for me has been what are some areas in my life that I need to improve upon, whether it's financial, emotional, what have you. And that's really given me the time to, to take a closer look because some of those distractions that I would have had haven't been there. So that's been that's been a plus for me. So Helper, go ahead and round us out. What has mm-hmm. been the impact of this pandemic? Right. So to finish, I think everybody's already said all of the things I would have said, especially tee off my reflection about this country. You pretty much said everything that I've been feeling. But on a personal note, I lean more so to what you just said, Lunama, and that's just trying to use the time and the, especially the more time with self-reflection, just trying to make myself the best version of myself that I possibly can, because I've realized that it's so much easier to just be a good person than it is to Mm. to not be a good representative (laughs) of yourself when you present yourself out into the world around you. Yeah, it's it, what we're saying is a lot of people are really going out of their way to be the latter, which is unfortunate. And, and hopefully in 2021, all of those people will be able to figure out why and heal from those mm. things. And because we all need mm. healing right now. So, yeah, that that's about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's a great wrap up. So in closing, thanks for that, Helbra. I felt that one. Thank you. <laughs> I felt that in the in my solar plex. <laughs> so um, for sure, you know, we, we opened up the segment with to be vaccinated or not to be vaccinated. Helper says to be kind, right? To be a good person or not to be a good person. That's a great wrap up. So again, just being responsible for what we share today on our episode, the COVID-19 Prevention Network is one of the sites that we reference. We also reference the Undefeated. I didn't know much about it, but I was very much in love with the name. The Undefeated is the premier platform for exploring the intersections of race, sports, and culture. 
there you'll find a lot of good information to enlighten and entertain you with their innovative storytelling. We love storytelling over here at the Tangent Talk. Original reporting and provocative commentary. So check out The Undefeated. And I want to shout out to The Undefeated because they have a quote that is just brilliant by the one and only Maya Angelou. And this is what we want to leave you with, dear listeners, because we know this has been a difficult year, right? No doubt about it. There's been some pluses. We've talked about that from a personal experience, but for sure, there have been some challenges. So we want to leave you with this. And I quote again from Maya Angelou, you see, we may encounter many defeats, but we must not be defeated. It may even be necessary to encounter the defeat so that we know who we are, so that we can see, oh, that happened and I rose. I did get knocked down flat in front of the whole world and I rose. I didn't run away. I rose right where I'd been knocked down. So please never be defeated. Enjoy what there is to enjoy as we close out this year. Enjoy what there is to enjoy on the Tangent Talk episodes. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much for joining and we're wishing you a great day wherever you are and happy holidays. Happy holidays.